A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Time you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. We got there. Hello. Hi. Welcome there with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And on today's episode of Angel, we are reviewing season three, episode six. Billy. 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 Billy, 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 Billy. Billy, Nilly, Willy, M. If I were a tram, I would jam with you. Yeah. I'm scatting over here, man. Get in on it. Apparently. (laughs) I don't know how to do that. All right. Well, I mean, we've got a fucking musical episode coming up after this. Maybe you should get up. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Can't talk about that. Can we? (laughs) How would I ever know about that? That's the word. Uh, Sorry. What's the word? Mum. How would you know? Good point. <laughs> Woo! All right. Um, <laughs> Ale with Angel. Yes. We are going to angel that ale all night long. Okay, anyway. Giggity. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's probably something that we normally do around about this time. I want to say it's something like, I don't know, stuff. It, it involves... Executive producers. Oh, are we doing that next? Yeah. All right, I'll go ahead and do that. Fuck a doodle doo, Rex. I knew that was coming. <laughs> it was the strong eye contact, yeah, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> okay. Brief aside, I saw we- this. I saw this stupid little comic strip on uh, on Facebook. So imagine a world, if you will, where girls have wings like birds and they make bird noises and this girl's sitting on a bench and she sees other girls with wings walking by and one of them's going chirp hanging on to her guy and another one walks by hanging on to her guy going tweet 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 oh yeah and, and one's like a crow and the, shut up sorry and the, and then a couple of still frames where she looks around then looks at the camera and goes ah! <laughs> 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 yeah that was great i've seen that comic i mailed that directly to a girl who w- i knew immediately would be like hey it's me <laughs> i was like yeah i mean i didn't say it but yeah <laughs> all i was gonna say is we've been friends for a very long time and and i can just sense when the the chicken noises are coming <laughs> exactly Did you see that one coming yeah Damn it. <laughs> all right. Today, all our fuck-a-doodle-doos by name are Monica Fonseca Tallez, because, by the way, she called in, and she's Hispanic, and but she sounds like a valley girl. That's what she said. 
Okay, okay. Not, not that's what she said, but that's right. what she actually said. Yeah, right. So She verbalized those ver- words. That's a good way to put that. <laughs> um, I'm going to hang on to that one. Thank you. Anyway, her. Uh, Suba Spike, but it starts with a T. Audrey, two French last names. Bridget McCloy, Dead Serious, Allie B, Nathan Lancey, Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Dildo, DTS, <laughs> Club More with Ceiling, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Like Turtle, Bad at Changing Their Name Heaps, Andy Burgess, Two-Tone Don't Fucking Call Bradley Cooper, Snorty Face Gnome, uh, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew Indeber, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Uh, yes, literally, figuratively. That is correct. No, like literally. Figuratively, literally. Well, they, they pay for this. Not possible. They pay for this shit. It's more possible with your money. It is definitely cooler and better. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I've been broke. <laughs> For a while now, and uh, I don't think I would be paying for this podcast at this Our point. <laughs> basic costs of hosting are covered by you. Thank yes. you for that. Yes. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we don't and, have any... And investments in future type special things happening. Yeah, not weed at all. <laughs> it's weird that you would bring that up like that. Yeah, it's Unprompted. It's where the joke was. I um, suppose. We 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 we're not spending <laughs> we're not spending your money on drugs, unless you want us to. <laughs> uh, you know, even if someone wanted me to, I don't think I would. Yeah, I, no, I don't need. I we don't need we drugs. don't do drugs, guys. We started drinking beer and then we stopped. That's yeah, how like, lame we are. I don't. I don't even really drink alcohol that often anymore. I know. <sighs> this welcome, is what getting old does. Welcome man. to your late fucking thirties, guys. I think most of you are on that train with us. I am 19 days from 40, my friend. 19 days. That's no, no, a bit more than 19. I can I can do math, I promise. <laughs> I am uh 20 28, 29 days, something something like that. Less than 30 days. Yeah, I'm just under 6 months away. Yeah. And that was that one hit. I'm not happy about it, but it's nice that we're essentially walking across that line together. Yeah. That actually makes it a little less terrible. It does. I, I actually <laughs> like oh, I'm I'm, you know, on this road that is a slow march to my death. Yeah. But I got a friend. <laughs> hey Rex, you want to grow old together? I mean, no. It's not gay at I all. I would prefer not to. <laughs> yeah. Like I would rather like be young and then, you know, live for a long time as a young person. Well, that's not an option, but tell you what, well, I'll uh, I'll write that on a piece of scrap paper with a crayon and that'll be your Christmas present. Okay. You'll live forever. <laughs> and I'll sprinkle some glitter on it. And then I will slap you as hard as I possibly can in the face. You know what else will live forever? Do tell. A mom synopsis. Oh shit! Mom synopsis. Mom, mom, mom synopsis. Good enough, Joshua. What are you doing, Joshua? <laughs> I'll be bashing your skull open if you don't shut your stupid face. Wow, that escalated quickly, Joshua. You're damn right it did. As soon as you opened your mouth, it was pretty escalated. <laughs> Okay, so you're just taking this straight to the misogyny wife beater place, I see. 
Well, as much as I hate it, uh, it's the most on-theme thing I could do about this episode. Sounds like you're expecting the audience to sympathize with you, the man, even <laughs> though this is about threatening a woman under any circumstances with physical violence, Joshua. <laughs> like I said, couldn't be more on-theme with this episode of Angel. <laughs> well, when you're right, you're right. So I'm just not even going to take this bit any further because all it can do is get really dark and scare people <laughs> off if taken out of context. Yeah. So today on Angel, Billy, the guy who Angel rescued undeservedly from a hellfire prison because Lila held Cordelia's safety at ransom, well, uh, we finally find out why he's so evil. Turns out he makes otherwise innocuous men turn into women-hating psychopaths who murder the closest woman to them. Billy uses his power to manipulate the system to escape from his rich uncle's manor because he's bored there. The A-team sets to work tracking him down based on a vision Cordy has. Wesley gets a blood sample and takes it back to the Hyperion where he becomes infected and tries to murder Fred. Cordelia sets out on a quest to find Billy and put him down personally in the name of helpless battered women everywhere. Angel catches up with her by following Billy's blood scent and following the same lead that Cordy gets from Billy's cousin Dylan, which leads them both to an airport in Santa Monica. Angel fights Billy at the airport, but Lila comes around and puts him down the old-fashioned way. Fred has to take on an infected psychotic Wesley, as well as a well-meaning gun who is also affected by the blood sample. Wesley feels guilty for it afterwards, and Fred forgives him the end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, as soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Yay! Woo! It's a fun episode coming up, guys! <clears throat> yeah. Nothing uncomfortable about this one, I'm telling you. This it's all candy it's canes. It's an interesting pairing with the last episode of Buffy, my friend. It's what? Like, it's an interesting pairing with the last episode of Buffy. Sure. Like, because the last episode of Buffy was a bit wrong. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah. Like, with the skin crawly, with the old dude yeah. making out with Don. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they were on a cringe bin. A cringe binge. Yeah. They were on a cringe binge. <laughs> That's what we're gonna call it. <laughs> Woo! All right, and uh, yeah, so pucker up, fuckos. <laughs> Cold open on the hotel uh, training session with Angel and Cordy. She's learning how to fight, and Angel kind of makes a mistake here because he's really only trying to teach her how to hold someone off till he can come in and save her, and she doesn't want that. She just wants to be able to defend her damn self which you know yeah duh like why would you ever want to train someone else to have to be relying on someone else to save them that's yeah, a waste of fucking time yeah it's dumb it it's is dumb. it's really dumb um but luckily they move past that real quick and he says okay i'll train you uh, he tries to take it slow, but she proves that she can pick up moves faster than he gives her credit for. Uh, she credits having been a high school cheerleader and never needing to be shown a move twice. I fucking love this bit when she just suddenly yells out, ready? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And she uses these moves that he's already given her and backs him against a wall with them. And he's, I mean, I call bullshit, but it was fun anyway. Yeah. Well, 
it makes sense to me because he's not trying to respond in any way. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's not going to fight back against her. Because why would he? Yeah, she's in beginner's training. Yeah. So, taking it easy. Taking it easy. So, it, it makes sense in that context, definitely. But, yeah. I, I liked this because it is a thing that some people just have better coordination of body awareness and oh, are yeah. wired that way. Like, I dated a dancer for a while, and I was absolutely blown away by her ability to pick up choreography and do huge dance numbers with very little rehearsal but she was equally impressed by my ability as a singer and you know both of these things were foreign to each of us and another thing was second nature to each of us to the point of where you know we take our own talent for granted but the other one is right. super impressive to us no i completely agree in same line of like you know, I, I know how to fix things. I've worked on cars a lot in my life, mm-hmm. and I can take a lot of that knowledge I have of working on cars and apply it to fixing almost anything, just because the the basics of the skill are very transferable. Right. And so, no, it, to me, it makes perfect sense, especially for her being able to be a cheerleader and transfer that to being able to fight. Like, that makes perfect fucking sense. It felt like a stretch in the moment, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, actually, that does kind of work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and it's not just that. It, it's about, like you said, the the body awareness, but it's also just a matter of, like, she's practiced at seeing something and being able to... Mimic it. Yeah, mimic. Yeah. And also work in physical coordination with another person. Right. Which that right there is more impressive than anything, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge I think she'll run into is, you know, having to improv with it on the fly and not right. just regurgitating the same moves over and over. Right, and that's actually one of the hardest parts about learning how to do any sort of martial arts is transferring the knowledge from these practiced motions to actually actually fighting. Yeah. I did boxing very briefly, like going from training on a bag to actually like sparring with a person (laughs) night and day (laughs) oh fuck yeah like it's it's from like riding a stationary bike to driving a car difference (laughs) like they're kind of transportation hard air quotes but they're very different things yeah (laughs) interesting well anyway uh back to angel i've got another anecdote that i could go off on but i think that's too too many tears away at yeah this point. too many tears so uh welcome to the gerba thump thump yes or quickly the, to the gerba thump thump or the doggy sheep snort snort if you will uh it's been They're a while the same place they are the same place and it's been a minute lila's rushing into her office because she's been informed that billy is there yes she's pretty worked up about it but his family's on the way uh it sounds like billy ran away again yep Billy is the one that Angel rescued from hell in order to save Cordelia like a few episodes ago. Specifically, he's been missing for three days, I guess. Yep. And Gavin's in here chatting him up. And of course, Lila does not like that. He's such a smarmadouche. I fucking hate Gavin. I want to kick him right in the nuts immediately. He's all, I was just keeping young Billy company. Like, okay. I think my biggest problem with it is... Isn't she supposed to be, like, the head of this department? Yeah. There's no way she's not his boss. Oh, she's absolutely his boss. Like, 
Like, he's pushing it. To me, it seems like of all the fucking places of business that you don't want to fuck with your boss... Wolfram and Hart? Wolfram and Hart is one of them. Yeah. This is how you get killed. Yeah. He will be murdered. Like, they're not fucking around here. (laughs) But Lila immediately starts scolding him like a child. Uh, As she should. uh, Billy, specifically, not Gavin. She's like, you know you're not supposed to be out on your own. Where have you you been? (laughs) Where have you been, young man? I went for a walk for three days. And Gavin keeps fucking inserting himself right in the middle of this whole thing. The boy was feeling cooped up. And Lila tells Gavin to go fuck himself, but somewhere else preferably, and in a slightly nicer way, but not much. She's like, why don't you go close an escrow or something? (laughs) Which she's so clever. I I love, like, she's so fun to hate. Oh, yeah. She's She's a great villain. She's a great villain. I actually like her as a villain far more than uh, Leslie. Ooh. I don't think she's even on my short list of people to get a hold of to interview. We should definitely try to get her. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be an excellent choice. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anyway, Lila goes back to trying to reason with this psychopathic, spoiled little fuck monster. Um, (laughs) Like, I get serious Dexter vibes off of this kid, except... That I like Dexter. <laughs> right. No, the the actor does a pretty good job of playing a character that you fucking loathe. Yeah. Like, de- and yeah. just not even, not even hit the actions that are written into the story, just in the way, the stance and facial expressions, mm-hmm. like you get douche nozzle out of him at first glance. First glance. <clears throat> right he, out of the gate. And that's just impressive. Because I I don't think he just looks that way. I think it's him acting and just body language. Let's hope, right? <laughs> yeah, for that for that man's career, let's hope. <laughs> like, uh, what's the what's the character's name from Game of Thrones? The kid, <clears throat> oh, the boy king. I can't think of I can't think of his name. You, well, y'all know who I mean. Yeah, I really wonder what his life is like now. Oh, this this reminds me. I don't know. Have you watched the boys at all? No. Which, A, you should. It's fantastic. But the main bad guy in The Boys is Homelander, who is essentially a stand-in for Superman. Okay. But he's also, like, he's a MAGA-Trumper sort of Ugh. superhero. Ugh. Yeah, it is it is it is not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> but he the character is fucking psychotic. Okay. Like, terrifying, because he's Superman. He's invincible. And there's this look that Homelander gives... That is just very intense. And in an interview, the actor um, was talking about how people will talk to him about it and be like, oh, man, that that look you give is just so amazing. It's so intense and it's terrifying. And he's like, yeah, and I've gone back and watched and I don't see what they see. I think that's just my face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that poor bastard. (laughs) But like the look, the expression in the show there's just something about it where it's like, whole, it, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. But also, it's like, man, that's just your face. <laughs> Oops. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> so Lila's like, you don't want to end up in that awful place again, do you? And his uncle or whoever the fuck he is is like congressman or something. Yeah, his uncle's a congressman. He comes in and he joins Gavin in this very much boys will be boys circle jerk session he's just like i trust you've stayed out of trouble no trouble uncle it's like all right just whatever okay 
I can't even say what I'm thinking right now. It's, <laughs> it's not appropriate. So, <laughs> um, see, so he's like, let's go home. And they fuck off, and Gavin is happy to take credit for returning him to them, even though it seems uh, very much like Billy just kind of wandered into the building and let them do whatever. But Lila exasperatedly tries to clarify that Gavin is a prick before they leave, but obviously if they gave half a shit about that, well, let's just say they wouldn't be there at all now, would they? Right. So Lila tells Gavin to get out, and if he sniffs around another client of hers, I think we're going to have a problem. Yeah, and this is when Gavin... Starts to threaten her. Goes straight to the misogynist yeah. place, which we know a lot about Gavin. We already don't like Gavin, but it's still a little out of character. Right. It, it's too It's too forward. Too blunt. Yeah, too blunt. He's more conniving than that. For yeah. fuck's sake, he's a lawyer at Wolfram and Hart. Yeah. It's, they don't do direct. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he, he gets a bit misogynistic, and then he fucking attacks her he's like who told you you could think why don't you try listening once in a while instead of flapping that fat mouth of yours and she actually has a great comeback (laughs) you weren't exactly captain of the debate team were you gavin but then gavin grabs her by the hair and slams her against a glass shelf yeah and starts to choke her out on the floor so um shit that escalated quickly yeah quite suddenly Mm mm-hmm Cut to the hallway where we see an evil grin spread across Billy's face. Yeah. He, I think he might have had something to do with it, Rex. Given that Billy is the way he is, Mm. why would his family not have Wolfram and Hart assign a lawyer who is not a woman? (laughs) I came around to that question right about the time when she murders him at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But preaching to the choir, yeah. Maybe it was his request so that he could have her beaten up at any given point in time? Maybe. Maybe. Don't know. I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, why would you want your lawyer getting the shit kicked out of her? She's there to help you. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Misogynists. Wow. Opening credits. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina, and I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Then I'm going to share my feelings. So now we're at Wesley's apartment, I think. Yeah, Wesley's apartment. Uh, Angel and Gunn are playing a video game while... Fred looks on. She has an interesting expression. At first, I was like, okay, she's just kind of like zoned out, I guess. But it also occurred to me that she's probably never seen a video game. Or at least not for five years. Yeah. And like, think about it. This was after the 2000s. Like, there were video games before then, but like, the 2000s were when they became fucking everywhere and adults were playing them more and. Yeah, imagine if the last thing you had seen was original Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Yeah. And now suddenly you're seeing... Fucking PlayStation, PlayStation Xbox, 2. and... Yeah. Yeah. Like, graphics Fucking, have just made a giant leap. Right. Not that much, though. Like, I don't think the concept's completely foreign to her. As a mathematician, I imagine she'd be extra fascinated by it. Yeah, Because it's all just math. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day. Everything's just math at the end of the day, Josh. Well... Let's not go that far. No, no, everything. 
Your nipples are math, Rex. They they are. Don't make me milk math out of your nipples. Because <laughs> I'll do it. It's genetics. Genetics is math. Yep. Well, genetics is chemistry. Chemistry is math. That's right. <clears throat> gonna Everything s- is math. Going to squirt your genetics <laughs> all over the room. Feed it to some babies. That's <laughs> what it's for. Here's your math, kids. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy yours. I know I'm supposed to yes and, but sometimes I just don't know what to do with what you en- give enjoy me. Enjoy your sweet, sweet man math. <laughs> your daddy math. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. That one's a bit much. Yes. <sighs> We're hitting it early today, guys. (laughs) The camera pans to the side where we see Wesley and Cordy talking, and he's congratulating her on doing some training and learning how to take care of herself. He then actually brings up that maybe, you know, he should come up with some sort of arrangement to train Fred as well. Yeah. And then Cordy just calls him out on, you know, maybe, maybe you should just ask her out instead of, you know... Trying to come up with some sort of fucking pretense. Yeah. And, you know, next time you want to have a, a close, intimate dinner for two with her, maybe don't invite the the rest of the entire crew also. But it's okay. She's the only one who really saw through that. They're all having yeah. a nice time. And that makes sense to me that she's the only one who really saw through it. Mm-hmm. That's how she's wired. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and she's the one sitting there talking to Wesley and not watching video games well, right. or playing video games. Uh, but they ruminate on maybe they're meant to be alone because office romances don't work out under normal circumstances. But obviously these aren't normal circumstances. Right. So Cordy's like, you know what? Fuck it. If you like her, just fucking tell her. Uh, there, yeah. are, there are no normal rules that apply to us. We're on our own here. Exactly. They're literally on the verge of death at any given at day. At any given point in time. Yeah. If you can squeeze any little amount of joy consensually out of each other giggity like do it like these people are the people who definitely you know carpe diem and all that yeah like you could die at any fucking moment absolutely like a demon right now could kool-aid man into the fucking apartment and it wouldn't be that out of the ordinary oh yeah exactly and so, but Cordy, uh, around about this time, has a vision of a woman being attacked at a convenience store, and they start to jump into action to go find her and save her, but Cordy's like, no, 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 this was a week ago. She's dead. Yeah, she's dead. She's super dead. She's long dead. Sorry. Wah, wah, wah. Oopsie. <laughs> 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 If there's a hell, we're going there. Yeah. I'm an atheist, luckily. I'll bring some board games. Yeah. I'm also an atheist, so yeah. It works out for us. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. If everyone else gets to cherry pick their (laughs) afterlife beliefs. Yeah. Then darkness for me. Thank you very much. So we got to Angel Investigations. I didn't really like this edit they did here. The cut from the apartment to the hotel was... I think a little too fast, and it did not convey any time difference. It wasn't just that it didn't convey a time difference. It barely conveyed a place difference. Exactly. A location difference. Um, Yeah, it was not great. 
Like editing. It, it's obviously at least minimum the next day. Like, can I get an establishing shot, please? Right, exactly. It, they this was one of those times that definitely needed some sort of establishing shot. Yeah, that would tell us that it's at least later in that night, or at the very least, or the next day. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, this sudden cut, and it's like Wesley's talking about having the file on this fucking murder. Mm-hmm. It's like, when did you have time to do that? We. She literally just had the fucking vision. Mm-hmm. Like every sitcom ever. Yeah. Stock footage. We know you have stock footage of the yeah. Hyperion guys. And I wasn't even sure that they weren't already at the Hyperion. Why don't they all live in the Hyperion? There are fucking floors and floors. You live in California. Why are you wasting money on rent? Yeah. Idiots. Anyway, maybe that's just because rent is so fucking high now. That- I mean, for fuck's sake, they could... They could each just take a floor. Right. They could. And have a fucking literal mansion of rooms Yeah, per floor. I mean, I wouldn't want to, but they could. Oh, no, no, no. God, that would be awful. That is that is way too much living space. That'd be weird. Like, you see these fucking uh, rich-ass people who have, like, 3,000-plus square foot homes and shit, and all I can think is that is just too many square foot. Yeah, how are you ever going to dust that? Well, you know, you they have, hire people you to have do to that. Hire people. But still, just... God. Uh, Wesley uh, throws down this folder all about the crime from Cordy's vision. He and Angel are all protective of Cordy seeing the violent photographs, which Cordy balks at rightfully right? because obviously she's already seen the real thing and much worse besides. Yeah. She actually kind of portrays the vision as like she wasn't so much seeing what happened as she was like in the head of the dude killing his wife. Oh, really? Yeah. The way she talks about it, that that's what it conveys to me. Not in the head of the woman being killed. Right. In the moment. like Equally traumatizing, it. but if I had to pick. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. um, if you had to pick one, <laughs> I definitely would want to be in the head of the murderer, the, not the, the murderer. The one not being murdered. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the crime was committed by a man against his wife. Uh, they've been together for 30 years, no violent history, but the man confessed that he did it cause she wouldn't listen and he just wanted to make her stop talking. Sound familiar? Yes. Where has this happened before in this exact episode? Hmm. Fun fact. It was about now that I'm like, didn't we already do this episode? Cause I had <laughs> forgotten that we had kind of watched ahead. Yeah, I <laughs> I was really confused. I've been like that every episode this season because and I'm going to be so glad when that stops. I can't wait to be done with that. <laughs> um so uh yeah, why would the powers that be show Cordy a quote-unquote solved crime from a week ago? Well, and she takes it as like it's her her fault. Yeah. And uh but Angel knows, of course he does. Uh it's his show after all. He yes. spots Billy in a security footage picture. But the showrunners, in my opinion, do a shit-ass job of making us remember who in the hell Billy is, other than yeah. the guy from the beginning of the episode. Uh, so, Cordy is especially confused, and rightfully fucking so. So is the entire audience. Because yeah. we think we saw Billy for a grand total of three seconds in that episode. But also, they did nothing to make him like visually memorable. They also did nothing to make him memorable at all, except for the dude that was engulfed in flames. Right. Like, he just is a white dude. Yeah. That's it. He's exactly. just a white dude. Yeah. Like, give him something interesting 
visually. Mm-hmm. Like, for fuck's sake, he was burning in hell. Maybe give him like, some burn scars. He kind of looks like or, a frat boy, I yeah. guess. But yeah, like, couldn't be a more generic. But also, like, look than how that. many fuckers look like that in L.A.? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so they cut to a few moments later after all the backlog exposition is given that would have been really nice for us to hear as fucking audience members because Cordy's like oh my god is this really him are you sure and I'm like who who is this twat who the fuck are you talking about and now Cordy's all oh woe is me the powers of the beer punishing me because this is happening because of me because you saved me or you rescued him to save me because what they're not saying is this guy is this is the guy Angel rescued from a hell dimension to save Cordy. Yes. In the episode with Kip, the super nice hell demon guard. Yeah. Was it Kip? It was Kip. It was Kip. Yeah. Uh, and Angel makes damn good and sure that she knows this is not her fault. He's the one who pulled this guy out of hell. And it's still not even his fault. Cordelia's right. safety was being ransomed and Angel was fulfilling the ransom. And if anyone's responsible, he knows who it is. Yeah, it's fucking Lila. We all know who it's it is. It's Wolfram and Hart, for fuck's sake. Yeah, cut to Lila's apartment where Angel kicks open a door to uh, destroy, just to make Rex jealous. <laughs> um, someday, man, someday. <laughs> and we see a shaking, battered Lila pouring herself a shot of whiskey. Uh, he tries to reason with her, but she tells him how it is. Not only is Billy a member of an obscenely rich political family. Right. Basically royalty. Yeah. That's invulnerable to the law. Well, and they do this thing where like he kicks on the door. She's completely in shadow and they want to do that, that dramatic reveal of her face. Oh yeah. And they got the silhouette shot. It was very noir. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. And so she's telling Tell him basically this kid's royalty. Angel can't do shit as if he fucking gives a shit about the legality. And then she steps forward and is like, oh, look, I got the shit beat out of me. Mm -hmm. So not only is Billy a member of this invulnerable family, but the last man on earth she's going to take advice from is one who definitely wants to kill her. Yeah. Being Angel. And which, you know, that's smart on her part. (laughs) I I really liked this line. I think I got to. Um, make it a potential quote of the day here. I'm sorry, but this deep chivalric concern coming from the only man I know who definitely wants to kill me is a bit much on a day like this. But personally, while I think that's a fun point in the moment, I don't think it's accurate, and I think she's got it wrong about Angel. I believe that Lila believes it. But I don't think Angel wants to kill her. I think if he did, she'd already be dead. Exactly. First off, he's had ample fucking opportunity. Yeah. And, like, he's had her in situations where he could have easily killed her before. Uh Like, there's a reason she checks the backseat of her car every time she gets in it, I'm sure. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the fact that he cares and sympathizes with her pain, even in spite of their history, only proves his complex humanity more than we already knew. And then she does something that just annoys the hell out of me is she closes the door on Angel's face. And this only annoys the hell out of me because for fuck's sake, he kicked the door in. That would bust the fucking door jam. And there's no way that door latches. It's basic carpentry. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it would probably bounce back open. Actually. Yeah, exactly. 
I think it would have been hilarious if she slammed the door closed on him and it just slowly bounced right back. <laughs> and he's still just standing there. <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, yeah, we some could have used some levity in this episode. Oh, God, yeah. There's not a, nearly enough moments where it's like, hey, guys, this is supposed to be a little bit of a comedy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this, this whole thing's also... A, an allegory for battered women who protect their abusers because they are in a position of power over them. Yeah. And then enter white savior angel to save the day, I guess. I don't know. It makes for satisfying television, but not exactly a great moral or ethical actionable takeaway that we really get from this episode. No. And uh, not that we got one from the last episode of Buffy either. For yeah. Um, and I've got extra words about the way this episode ends. We'll get there. Yeah. You're not real. Or I'm not real. Someone up here isn't real, and I suspect it's you. So if you're not real, then that means that my head came off back there, and then I'm dead now. Dead. So uh, cut to the Blim Estate. What a terrible yeah, right. last name. <laughs> Blim. Like, of all the fucking names they could have chose for a character... Who's supposed they, to be powerful. Right. Like, that doesn't... If there was actually, like, a Congressman Blim, he would be... Like, there'd be so many people making fun of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't even need to try to make fun of the name Blim. It's just so self-explanatorily stupid. Yeah. So Apologies uh, to anyone whose actual last name is Blim. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> now that you mention it, that's... Don't it's go, just it's if just your last not, name is Blim, change it before going into politics. Right. It's not like for your oh, this is an evil like high and mighty royalty esque, like powerful rich family in the US, Blim does not like read sinister. No, not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. It sounds like you're starting to say blimp, which is already a funny word by itself. <laughs> it is. And then you're just not even finishing the word. Yeah. So it's it's the worst of both worlds. Blim estate. <laughs> so Angel Wesley and Gunn pull up in the car and they, they get out and stand in front of a locked gate, pontificating over how to get in to the Blim estate. While, uh, and then Angel just leaps over the top of it. Leaving his back up there. Why the fuck did they even come? Why did they indeed? Quote of the day, Gunn just stands there and looks at Wesley and says, so, want to go next? <laughs> I liked that. I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. That was the right call, gun. So Wesley's like, I guess we'll wait here. Damn right you will. <laughs> like you have a fucking choice. <laughs> yeah. Angel rushes towards a window where he sees Billy. Billy turns and looks directly at him as if he not only knew that he was there, but was expecting him at any time. Also as if he could actually see him because, you know, he's in a brightly lit indoor room. And it's dark outside. And it's dark outside. I hate it when TV shows do this. Well, no, but I that just made it all that much more creepy. Like, he shouldn't have been able to see Angel, but he could sense him there. But they didn't play it that way. I thought they did. Not really. That's how it felt to me. I got chills from that moment. I mean, not not good chills, but I was like, ooh, I'm supposed to get chills here. If they had done it in a way that emphasized it, I think it would have worked. Because there's been moments in like uh, cop shows and whatnot where you see a guy in an interrogation room who does that with the fucking two-way mirror. Okay. Like, And it, it can be done for chills. And that, I think, would have been great. But I don't think they played it that way mm-hmm. to where... 
Like they needed to have one shot where you saw the interior of the windows and it was mirror. And then I think it would have played off. But this is very obviously a fucking throwaway episode. So they weren't going to do extra shots like that. Right. Yeah. They, they I mean, fu- for, for fuck's sake, they didn't put in establishing shots. Yeah. They've already cut corners <laughs> on the editing. So anyway, so Angel uh, just goes right ahead and chucks a chair right through the window, steps through and informs Billy that he'll be returning to that hell dimension now. But first he comments on how he's not the least bit surprised that he can just waltz right into the house. Billy explains, oh, you know, you have a standing invitation. But also Angel points out, but I think you're just not quite human. It's like, yeah, I'm more human than you, though. (sighs) Like, I find that arguable. I guess it depends on if we're going literal species wise or philosophically. Obviously, Angel is more philosophically human. But Billy might be more literally human. Well, here's my thought on it. My honest to God thought. Let's say that Billy is like part demon. Yeah. Like not even half. Like maybe like a quarter demon blood or some shit like that. A fraction. Yeah. A fraction of demon blood. Less than 50%. At the very least, Angel can claim at some point he was human. 100% human before he was vampire. Yeah. Exactly. And while he has a soul now and his body is still pseudo-possessed by the demon that is a vampire and everything, he's still kind of human. Yeah. So, like, I think he's got more human cred than than Billy ever had. Like I said, arguable. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, But before Angel can do anything, the LAPD shows up to stick their dick right in the pudding. Yep. Although they're not sticking their dick in the pudding that I expected. I know, right? They, it's like there's the pudding on the center table, like right front and center. And then they're like, you know what? We're going to stick our dick in that pudding. And they point to one on the buffet at the side table. You know what? That peanut butter pudding yeah. looks way better for my dick than this chocolate pudding. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Help yourself. <laughs> it's a pudding buffet. <laughs> Specifically for and your Angel dick. And Angel seems very upset because he wanted that peanut butter pudding. And they stuck his dick in that pudding instead of the chocolate pudding. That God was directly damn in front it. Of him. I thought nobody was going to touch the peanut butter pudding. <laughs> Fucking cops ruin everything. Hey, cab. Because you stuck your dick in it. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Angel puts his hands up and Billy steps forward calmly informing them that he's the one they're looking for. He called in about a body and they apparently found it. And they want to take him in for questioning, and he's a little too happy to oblige. Yeah. He touches one of the cops' arms, who's about to cuff him, and he's like, oh, officer, is that necessary? I'll go quietly with his best Betty Boop, Shirley Temple, baby talk bullshit. Right. And the cop folds and lets him walk freely. I fucking hate cops, but if I were one, I'd have batoned that motherfucker right there and then. He's Oh, he says he'll go quietly? That must mean he's not going to go quietly. Bam! Right? Like, and first off, if you were like, oh, this dude killed someone, he knew where a body was, he's rich, I'm going to assume he has a fucking ace up his sleeve here. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, take all necessary precautions. Precautions, definitely. Exactly. See? This is logical. Beating people is logical. A cab. So... 
yeah, so they take him away, uh, and they even ask who Angel is, and Billy's like, he's nobody. And they just listen to him, and right. they leave him alone. Because so, we should believe and just trust the person we're arresting for murder. Well, he's rich and he's white. Of course they should. <laughs> Actually valid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in the back of the police car, uh, the police car is being driven by a man and a woman. The woman is driving. Uh, they start to the man argue. man is specifically the one who was going to uh, handcuff Billy. Yeah. And he had affected him with his touch. The one she, that like, he touched. flashy light from it. It's the one that he touched. Yeah. So they start to argue. And she thinks he's just fucking around at first. And then he tells her to pull over. And uh, she's like, what the fuck is your problem? He's like, I got a woman here who won't listen. That's my problem. And then they zoom in on Billy with his evil fucking grin again as she's like shrieking and we hear slapping and hitting noises. And then we hear screeching tires as presumably the car crashes. And um, cut away. Back to the hotel. Back to Angel Investigations. The office, I think, somewhere. So... Wesley found out that uh, Billy called in the tip on the body, confessed to the crime and all this. Angel guesses that it was a, you know, his goal was to get out of his house. Yep. Which I have concerns about that I'll bring up later. There's some big plot questions I have about this episode. Sure. Well, we'll he wasn't there for the beginning. It tracks for us knowing what we know about Billy. But how does Angel get to that conclusion? But yeah, he also guesses that... One of the first things Billy's going to do is probably calling his lawyer because he's being arrested. And so, you know, his plan, I guess, is to go talk to to Lila. But then Fred enters out of the office and she heard on the police scanner that there's been a car wreck, that Billy never made it to the police, and he's out running the streets. Mm-hmm. And so we cut to the accident where Wesley has already gotten the skinny somehow on what happened between the police officers. Uh, they agree between him and Gunn that Gunn should go hover around at the hospital to try and strike up a conversation with the woman yep. who had to shoot the other guy. And Angel can smell Billy's non-human blood coming from the wreckage. Wesley spots a bloody handprint on a nearby wall and takes a sample of it with a paper bag lying on the ground. It's kind of clever. I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the purest sample, but it'll right. work. And uh, he'll it's try. It's not like they have a CSI fucking lab anyway. Yeah, fucking, it. it's fine. Um, he'll. So Wesley's going to try to figure out what kind of creature Billy is. Angel can't wait for all that science nonsense, <laughs> and he's off to sniff him down before Wesley can say, "Be careful." Yeah, he runs off like the Batman he is. Indubitably, cut to Angel Investigations. Where Cordy's packing a taser and a crossbow and fucks off into the night against Fred's better judgment. Yep. <laughs> Claims that she's going to go run a normal everyday errand <laughs> with a taser and sword I will and be crossbow. A- acquiring milk and laundry <laughs> detergent. And perhaps even a trip to the bank <laughs> with this taser and this crossbow. <laughs> Uh, can't a girl have some fun? Damn. So Wes is glad to see, uh, Fred. I mean, he's always glad to see Fred, but for, uh, you know, for a non-horny reason at the moment, uh, because, uh, he could use an assistant and he barely finishes his sentence about analyzing a blood sample and she's handing him fresh slides and they have themselves a nerdy little moment of only slightly horny solidarity. Yeah. Yeah. It's I nice. like the little hint that they work well together. Yeah. 
it's real nice. It's a nice little moment. I liked it. Um, <laughs> I'm a dirty, dirty man. We already knew that. <laughs> this is not new information. We have how many episodes of this show proving that you are a dirty, dirty man? <laughs> Oh, I'm not gonna say it. All right, so our our tagline is highly inappropriate. Our secondary tagline I'm is highly, highly inappropriate. Exactly. All right, so you want to know what went through my head at that moment? <laughs> now that you mention it, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Right, well, if you don't want to know, then I'm not gonna tell you. I, that's where the joke was. goddammit. it. Was it? Yes. I don't think it was. What do you want? <laughs> So I said they have a nerdy little moment of only slightly horny solidarity. I was going to follow it up with, I only masturbated a little bit to it. (laughs) Which isn't true at all. (laughs) It just seemed like a funny thing to say. I want to know which which part is it true, that you did it at all or only did it a little bit? (laughs) Yes. That does not help. That was that did not answer the question I asked. I think it did, right? I think it didn't. <laughs> there was zero masturbation that happened because of this scene. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. I'm not going to say there was zero masturbation <laughs> completely. <laughs> but there certainly wasn't any because of this episode. Okay. All right. I be a filthy liar if I said anything else. Right. <laughs> I'm a man. I have needs. Okay. I think we all do. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, cut to Lila's apartment. <laughs> Someday, I'm gonna lose my job over this shit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you will. Cut to Lila's apartment where Cordelia invites herself in, and by virtue of being a strong-minded big city bitch, her words, is able to browbeat Lila into coming clean about what the fuck Billy is up to. Hold on. This scene gives me a handful of potential quotes of the day. And like I've I've got one that summarizes the scene for me pretty well, and another one that I really thought achieved what the episode was going for the first line i really liked from the scene was cordy's like oh are you gonna invite me in oh wait i'm not a vampire and just walks the fuck into her apartment <laughs> no the the rest of my line is so um, angel feels responsible for this guy because he brought him back from hell i feel responsible because he did it to save me you who are actually responsible for the entire thing feel nothing at all because you are a vicious bitch yeah which pretty much sums up why she's here. Yeah, and uh, uh, the other two that I had from this scene was Lila looks at Corny and says, oh, so you know me? And Cordy responds with, please, I was you with better shoes. With better shoes. <laughs> and then they get some banter about those particular shoes that she's wearing, and I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then later in the towards the end of the scene, this, I think, is hands down my favorite line in the entire scene is because they're talking about Angel and Angel being pissed. And Lila says, I know I've seen his dark side. And Cordy responds with, you really haven't. And the look on that on shuts her face, her right, right up. She's like, OK, I've seen him bad. 
but she's saying I haven't really seen his dark side, and he, and she hasn't. Mm, she no. hasn't. Oh, she no. doesn't fucking have a goddamn clue. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head if she's seen him as legitimately slipping back to Angelus. No. Because he's done it at least once. But I don't think she's seen it. Okay. Yeah. Seems likely. But yeah, it definitely shuts her the fuck up. It does. And no, I very much appreciated Cordelia outfashioning yeah lila i just like that in order to get through to lila cordy doesn't like um try to talk compassion or anything like that she just goes you know what you're a vis- a vicious bitch how can you let somebody fuck you over this way you're supposed to be a bitch what the hell and that's why my quote of the day from this scene is actually cordelia it's not the pain it's the helplessness the certainty that there is nothing you can do to stop it that your life can be thrown away in an instant by someone else he doesn't care he'll beat you down until you stay down because he doesn't even think of you as alive no woman should ever have to go through that and no woman strong enough to wear the mantle of vicious bitch would ever put up with it where is Billy going? Because And that's all she wants out of this yep. is information on Billy, and she is holding it back. Why are you protecting your abuser? Yeah. Why would you do that under any circumstances, regardless of you being an evil fucking lawyer? Right. Like, you still have standards as a woman. As a fucking person. As a you, human like, being. You want to live, at the very least... Yeah. Sure, you want to do it while wielding great evil power, but you still want to be alive. Yeah. Why would you stand for this shit? I No, I love this scene because yeah. the way Cordy plays it and spins it and actually gets through to Lila. And it honestly, it feels like the realist scene of the entire episode to oh, me. Oh, God. Unquestionably, yes. The way it plays is the only one that didn't feel cringy or forced. I want to bring something up, and this is this is a slight side tangent, but it kind of helps with the context of this episode that I wanted to bring up to you specifically. Um, <clears throat> this is something I learned very recently from, and I like it shocked me to learn this. Did you know that if you have a scenario where a woman is put on trial for like attacking her abuser, generally speaking, the lawyers do not want women in the jury. Hmm. Generally speaking, if a woman is the defendant for killing her abuser, lawyers do not want a woman in women in the jury. And the entire reason why is because women are more likely to have a mentality of looking at what this woman endured and think I've endured just as bad and I didn't murder anyone. Oh, because it's you mean her lawyers who want her to win who yes still don't want women on the yes. jury i was like damn so much for a jury of your peers no but you don't shit you, ouch yeah that was and not where i thought that was going it's shocking it's fucking shocking but apparently this is essentially psych 101 stuff wow like, can women, they can they even do that though because don't you need a jury of your peers wouldn't that include <clears throat> half men half women i mean Lawyers get a certain number of like vetoes that they get for like kicking, not choosing people to be in the jury pool. Sure, but like generally speaking, when when that kind of scenario is up, lawyers don't want women to be in the jury because the way the yeah. way our society works, 
a lot of women are have been, you know. No, that is a dangerous little line of logic that you just said there. Yeah. And that is scary. It is. It's terrifying. But I'm glad that at least they're looking out for their defendants. Well, right. Yeah. In trying to avoid that. That's wow. That's some double think horse shit right there. Well, and a part of what I think makes it so appalling to me and probably to you is the realization also that like we are not average as far as like the average demographics go for the US. Like we're not moderates. Mm-hmm. We're we're much more far left than the norm in the US. Yeah, we are. We're we live in a relatively queer community mm. where you know, hell, my my partner's non-binary, queer, so that in turn makes me queer, and like one of one of my closest friends is trans. Several of my other friends are non-binary. Like we have a lot of, you know, very left leftist views in mm-hmm. our social circle. Mm-hmm. So like we are not the norm, and while we do a lot of work to not live in a fucking echo chamber, we're still not the average and when you start looking at what the average beliefs are the average beliefs of women in the u.s is it backs the patriarchy and it's fucked up yeah i mean just the thought of uh, there are black people that support trump there are women who support trump yeah what the fuck are we doing guys what the flapping fuck are we doing? It's it's fucking appalling. And it like it seems like this where it's like you have two female characters and one of them is le- legitimately like actively protecting not just her abuser but a fucking murderer. Yeah. Who like terrorizes women on the regular and that's his whole entire fucking shtick. Mm-hmm. He seriously was sent to a hell dimension solely because of it. But if there's nothing else that Lila looks out for, she still looks out for herself. Right. If for nothing else, do this for yourself, Lila. And Cordelia is the perfect person to bring her around on that. Oh, yeah. I love it. And one more important thing we learned from this scene is that Billy's power works differently on some men than it does others. And if Angel came into contact with Billy, then we might want to be a little concerned um, and pay attention to whether or not he's getting a little testy. Yeah. I was hoping for some demon fighting tonight, but I wound up with a delivery job instead. If I come back here on the end of a spatula, I'm expecting some serious workman's comp. I'm just messing with y'all. Cut to the street. Yeast. Angel saddles up to a crime scene where... Another crime scene. Another crime scene where a cabbie had beaten one of his fares to death. We see blood all over the back window on the inside. A couple of other cabbies are being very casually misogynistic about yeah, it. Yeah, one, one of them who Angel ends up interrogating deserves to be thrown into a tree. Oh, and Angel nearly does because yeah. Angel's like... Uh, so it was a woman. Yeah, that surprised you. Probably sitting in the back nagging, telling him how to drive. You know the type. Oh, yeah, probably had it coming to her, right? Hey, I'm just saying. Angel grabs him by the shirt and informs him aggressively that he'll be telling him where his last stop was before he beat up that woman. Just saying. I don't think he was the guy who beat up the woman. I think he... No, I know. Like That's not what I meant for it to sound like. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I got what you meant. Yeah. He's like, this guy's like the dispatcher or or something like that. He wants info about the guy who did beat up the woman in the back of the cab. 
Um, but these guys are definitely being um, enabling prick bags about the whole thing. Yeah, like they're they're apologists. And stares the term, yeah, yeah, apologists for wife beaters. Can you blame her, uh, fuckers, or him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you blame <laughs> him? Sorry. <laughs> no, I can't blame her. She didn't no, do anything wrong. She didn't. <laughs> um. So we cut to a rich boy party. Yes, rich boy party in uh you know high end sort of apartment. Mm -hmm. Um. Billy arrives. It's apparently his cousin's place, and Dylan. He, yeah, his cousin Dylan, and he wants money. Did he say that? No, he doesn't say it in the scene. But that's okay, later when I Angel's know. there, I know. Yeah, but. Uh, I just wasn't sure that it was established there. So yeah, Dylan's a rich boy. He's a bit disturbed at the arrival of Billy. At the arrival of Billy, whom was he was under the impression had agreed not to come around anymore. Yeah, and Billy's got some. Serious extra Dexter vibes here. I actually like this scene because it honestly it helps establish the character, putting him into this kind of environment. A little bit. Especially putting him into this environment where people are aware of what and who he is. Yeah. And like there's a couple of like comments that he makes towards some other attendance to the party well he seems overly <clears throat> concerned with this couple making out on the couch and uh he's like should i speak to them about appropriate public behavior or do you want to and the only thing that bothers me more than psycho violent misogynists is one who's also a fucking prude but isn't that always well, how right. it goes? But also, like, think of the language that anybody fucking uses that he affects. It's all very, like, oh, they're all whores and all that. Yeah. So, like, you know, he's Republican. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, back at Wesley's office, he shows Fred a slide of Billy's blood she observes that some of the cells appear to be supercharged, and Wesley presumes those are the ones representing his demon lineage. Fred hypothesizes that Billy's mojo, hard air quotes, is in his blood, and therefore also his sweat, saliva, and touch. Hey, speaking of saliva, where's Cordelia? <laughs> and Fred has the exact right response. Why would... What, the, what like the fuck? <laughs> saliva? What? What? Why does it make you think of Cordelia? <laughs> and we never really do find out. No. How the fuck that segue popped into Wesley's head, regardless of him, um, uh, spoiler alert, now getting an infected by yeah. Billy's blood. So he's like, uh, Fred fixates on his segue and uh, Wes. As you would. As you like, do. Come on. Rightfully so. <laughs> but Wes doubles down and fixates on her answering his question as pedantically as possible. Uh, she gets super nervous and uncomfortable as he nitpicks her choice of words. Um, she's like, well, I think she went out. And he's like, you think or you know because you spoke to her. I suppose it, you suppose. I mean, I did. I did speak to her. Okay. And he sits down and he calms down, but he's like terrifyingly calm yeah. and focused on this blood sample. And he uh, says, lie to me again and we're going to have a problem. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's that's a problem right there. Yeah. Commercial break, and we're back on the same scene. 
Fred tries to do the smart thing and get the fuck out of the room as fast as possible. Uh, yeah. I think she knows what's going on. Everything here. gets very uncomfortable very quickly. Yeah. But um, Wesley is far too gone now. And she tries to say, I'm just going to go call Cordelia and find out where she is. But Wesley's like, sit down. And he tries to have this conversation with her right. about needing to make some changes, like these provocative little outfits you wear, and that grown men are wired a certain way. And she must be daring him to take it. He goes on about her smelling the way she does and taunting yeah. him behind his back and feeling entitled to it because women are connected to life. Women feeling entitled, I mean. Well, uh, it's like... Because you bleed, well, I'll show you blood. And strikes her. And, yeah, he keeps grabbing her by the neck throughout the episode. From uh, He chases her to the front doors. She's trying to escape, but he blocks her. And tells the most misogynistic joke that ever happened. Oh, I fucking hate that goddamn joke. I mean, it's been going around. I remember hearing this joke the first time in middle school. And I cringe now that we all thought it was just a laugh. It's it's funny. <laughs> I see where the joke is. But it's rooted in such deep, deep deep yeah. misogyny i don't even want to repeat it on the air i'm not going to yeah. i had zero intention of it i watched the episode yeah it's so uh, she gets away and she makes it upstairs uh he loosens his collar and eyeballs the uh the weapons case and i think we're in for a little bit of a here's johnny kind of situation yeah. that's the that's the rest of the that's the vibe for the rest of the episode for wesley yeah it's just the <clears> shining <throat> from here on out yeah. um it really is yeah we cut back to the party Angel shows up, knocks on the door. Billy's cousin answers, uh, happy to help Angel, despite the fact that Angel out the gate was like, hey, I'm looking for Billy. I want to kill him. And, you know, Angel expected there to be a bit more of a fucking disaster of a mess here. And the guy's like, oh, well, come on in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was. I think that was my favorite part of the yes. episode. Yes. Oh, you want to you want to kill him? All right. Shit. Come on in, man. <laughs> and yeah, Angel expected that there would be, you know, some sort of fucking disaster and shit happening. And and what what is this character's name? His cousin? Dylan. Dylan. Uh, Dylan explains, you know, everyone in the family knows Billy. There's rules. You don't touch him. You don't let him touch you. You know, you give him space and you, you just let him be on his way. And, you know, he he knows who Angel is, surprisingly, because... Cordy's already been here. Yeah, or at least that's what Angel discerned from this guy saying something about uh, a brunette, yay yeah. height. Yeah, and uh, she, the brunette, had had explained that there would be a melodramatic guy showing up named Angel, and you know, Angel's like, "I'm not melodramatic." <laughs> Yeah, you are, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so they start to get into this pseudo argument <laughs> about the definition of melodramatic. It's like it almost turned into a couple of theater majors having a debate right, right. while Angel's choking this guy out. And I the, wanted it to keep going. I did too. It's like, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm this, just trying to piss you off and attack you. This isn't a demonstration. This is the real thing. Tell me where she is. And I'm like, how would she know where she is? Oh, because she wanted to go where Billy went. And you know where Billy went. Yeah. Oh, it took me a second to put that one together. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, I think she probably went to Santa Monica where we have a family plane. And, you know, Billy said he wanted to fly somewhere. And I just want him to fuck right off. 
way away from here, and he's going to go do that now. Can't blame him. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> go ahead and kill my cousin. <laughs> Have fun now. <clears throat> Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> so cut back to the Hyperion, where Wesley slowly creeps around upstairs, spouting off his newfound proud boy dogma until he finds a door locked with a chain from the inside, and he smashes things, and he yeah. hears a gasp come from under the bed. He pulls the mattress off, and... Fred's under there, obviously. He pulls her up by the neck. He kisses her aggressively, pressed against the wall, and she slashes him with two nails that had scattered on the floor next to her. Yeah. And she runs. As she should. Cup God, of- some of the fucking diatribe that Wesley's spewing through this is it's, just... It, it's ugh. impressive. I didn't feel ugh. it was really necessary to oh God, no. repeat much of no, it. No, definitely not. Just watch the It's episode. all bullshit of like, I'm a man and you're, you're a woman and you're... You're making me feel things. You're inferior and whatever. Okay. It all started with Adam and Eve. Yeah, the apples, blah. So we're back at the airport tarmac, or for the first time, actually. Yes. And Cordelia finds Billy. She introduces herself as the woman <laughs> Wolfram and Hart tortured oh, to get him out of his fire cell. And then she tases him in the dick was it in the dick it was in the dick i didn't know it was in the dick oh tases him right in the crotch right in the dick right in the dick great oh it's so good right after we need more dick tasing in this show and it was right after this line oh i see and you're here to whine poor helpless (laughs) battered woman who needs to vent her feelings about the injustice of it all (laughs) dick tase (laughs) yes Perfect timing for a dick tase. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's exactly how you use that taser. <laughs> right in the dick. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. There's There's got to be a great uh, name pun that we... Um, Laser dick? I'm going to be putting my taser in your dick taser. No, some sort of dictator dick taser oh, pun. Yeah, I know. Uh, who's a dictator? Name me a dictator. Quick. Putin? Besides Putin. Um... Who's the guy from North Korea? I can't think of his name. All right. Somebody else come up with this joke. Post it on the <laughs> internet for me. Thank you. So Cordy's like, no ass wipe. I'm here to send you back. And she dictates him. So dictates. <laughs> That's her new signature move. There's uh, there's definitely a Putin joke and a dictator. Dictator you know, Putin. I bet she's been really happy to do this because how many fucking bad guys have they had where dictating probably wouldn't have done anything? Might not have gotten the job done. Yeah. I still don't believe that he's dead even after the way this ends, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So uh, we're back at the Hyperion. There's a chase sequence now. Yes. Where Wesley's I like- I like this because we actually get to see a lot of the hotel. Yeah, uh, some parts that we don't normally see because a lot of it's just abandoned. And- uh, so Wesley's all stomping around like, I don't run away like a girl. I see things through. And then Fred does this obligatory fall down and waits way too long to get back up kind of moment. Gun uh, catches her the second she gets back up and he shushes her with his hand over her mouth. He seems to be okay and on the up and up for now. And I'm just waiting for the twist, yeah. which inevitably does, in fact, come. Spoiler alert. Then we're it's back. It's not done as a twist, though, luckily. Like, I think if they had done it that way, where suddenly there was a sudden change him in. in oh, him. yeah. They lead into it. For, yeah. they, they walk us into it. They don't just let it happen. So back at the airport tarmac. Yes. Cordy gives Billy time to fucking talk. 
which I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'm not sure why either. He starts trying to talk about how he doesn't hate women, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Actually, I have a theory on why, but we'll get there. Yeah, he tries to convince her he's not a woman hater. He just thinks they're all whores who sell themselves for money and prestige. And otherwise, great men throw it away for what's under their skirts. But he doesn't hate women. Well, because he also is like, oh, and men aren't any better. Yeah, exactly. I, You know what? I think I, think I like Billy. I think I'm done. I'm done with that joke. <laughs> yeah, right. that's... Okay, we're... <laughs> going home okay. yeah no idea why she hesitates to pull the fucking trigger other than that the writers wanted to say something about a phallic weapon yeah and she does talk about the irony that is the phallic weapon she has that is not lost on her no but then she still doesn't pull the fucking trigger right but it's partially because angel steps in and pulls her away because he wants to kill billy himself well, they also had to give a moment for billy to be like you don't have the nerve and like she pulls the trigger it's just angel stops the fucking arrow just as she pulls the trigger oh did he i didn't yeah. even notice that he because he gra- he grabs the crossbow and takes from her and he's like no you don't want to do this you know, basically the whole you I shouldn't think cross she does. this line. It's like no, let her. Let her. It's not. Dude deserves to be shot in the throat. She should shoot her in the throat. She already tased his dick. She's on a roll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should shoot him in the throat. He said her again. It's fine. Um, but yeah, Cordy makes a good point that Billy can't hurt her. And then Billy grabs Angel by the face, making an even better point that he won't hurt her at all. And then he leaves his red hand prints on Angel's face that dun, dun, dun. sink in the moment he lets go. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime. Ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring him in the light of day. I'm with that stricken. I'm told it's not all that healthy for you. Back to the Hyperion. Yes, where Gunn and Fred barricade themselves into a room. Fred explains to Gunn what's going on. Wesley's tainted by the blood. And Gunn's like, oh, you mean that bloody handprint that was downstairs that I picked up and, like, apparently rubbed all over myself? Yeah, that's the one. Good, How, like, good job, asshole. Like, why do? Why are they touching the blood sample? Well, he thought it was a finger painting. You see, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, he he touched the blood. So then he starts trying to unbarricade himself from the room, but it already, you know, Wesley already shows up, so that doesn't work. So he rebarricades. Wesley starts chopping at the door. We need a plan B. What's plan B? Oh, he starts screaming about her being a whore. If you don't stop whining, I'll bash you in your skull. That's plan B. Oh, oopsie doo. <laughs> blood. It's the blood. Yeah. So back to the airport. Angel tries to tell Cordelia to go, which she's, you know, being a little stubborn based on her hang up that this is all because of her or something. So she can't leave him, even though he might try to ragefully murder her in a moment. Billy's all excited because he's never done this to a vampire before. And then Angel's like, oh, you think that's your problem? And we're supposed to think, oh, no, it's setting in. Oh, what are we going to do? Angel's turning into an asshole. Angel gives us a little flip around and he's like, guys like him, pow, right in the face. And he punches out Billy and he's like, because you got no power over me. Whoop, 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 whoop. And he scuttles off with his little crab yeah. claws. It's adorable. See, anytime I hear that, whoop, 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 I think of uh, Daffy Duck. 
Okay. Where he he like bounces and like bounces off his head and like sure sure yeah bounds away. I mean, I think it's all a reference back to the Three Stooges. Well, yeah, because I just think of Zoidberg from Futurama. I mean, you always think of Zoidberg. Won't somebody think of Zoidberg? And Zoidberg, Josh is thinking of Zoidberg. Josh is thinking yeah. of Zoidberg. Everyone has someone. <laughs> <laughs> now Zoidberg's the popular one. Anyway. So, no, hands down funniest moment from Futurama ever <clears throat> is when they're dissecting him and they're counting the contents of his stomach and they say deviled egg. Zoidberg goes, ooh, deviled egg, and he eats it. And then they pull out a deviled egg and they say the same deviled egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, i never don't laugh at that joke <laughs> okay anyway so we're, yeah we're back at the hyperion gun uses his last moment of clarity to break off a chair leg give it to fred and tell her to knock him out uh with it with the chair leg and she hesitates so he asks her he asks for it back so he can bash in her goddamn skull with it she finally does what he said to do and whacks him with it twice yeah, hooray because <laughs> the first time doesn't quite do it and it then, only knocks him the fuck down not the fuck out and she uses some of gun's blood and sops some of her sweat into an abandoned tea set laying around in this quaint ruin of a hotel room and sips on her gross red drink because it's the closest thing she has to Kool-Aid. And Wes finally breaks through the door with an axe going, oh, yeah, here's Johnny. I really wish they had made a more blatant fucking reference to The Shining. It doesn't get much more blatant than that, though. But like they didn't, if they didn't said, even have like here's a Wesley. But they didn't even have a moment where he like puts a hole in the thing and then looks through it. Like if he had put a hole in the in the door and like you saw him look through it. Yeah, at least do something like that. That is like, yeah. Well, come on, he is a crazy man affected by some sort of demon or ghost entity running through a hotel with an axe they got a chopping little, down doors they got a little lazy about this shining reference you're right you're not wrong they could have done so much more i know um your your group therapy room is in the is in the back okay. the the shining the failed shining references group therapy room yes enjoy yes now get the fuck out of here okay <laughs> <laughs> You gonna you gonna cry? You gonna squirt a little? No. You need a need a tissue for your issue. I'm gonna throw shit. At you. <laughs> I will deserve it. <laughs> as long as we're on the same page. <laughs> so back to uh, the tarmac. The tarmac where Angel and Billy have a fight, and billy can fucking hold his own because apparently his demon blood is more than just you know his freaky fucking masculine patriarchal powers mm -hmm. um he actually has like strength and power and the fight goes on for a little bit of time up until when lila shoots and kills billy fucking dead i would like to note a fun moment where billy on he's down on the ground and then he suddenly smacks the pavement and does this power-up move, yeah. and his eyes turn red. And I'm like, oh, shit. Shit's getting real now. Billy's mad. Anyway, that was fun. But then Lila just shoots him dead with, like, two bullets. It's at this moment where a few important plot questions come to mind. Right. Why is any of this happening? 
So let's say Billy wanted to fuck off somewhere. Who knows where? He just wanted to leave the country. Why go through all the trouble of having the police come and getting him arrested to get out of the fucking compound and everything? If he can hold his own in a fight with Angel, why the fuck couldn't Billy just literally walk out of his fucking house and jump over the fucking wall if, let's say, his family have guards and shit? Like, Billy, with his powers, could easily fucking... Are all the guards women, then? <laughs> like, maybe they had some sort of demon cordon spell. You know, say something. Something that makes that Establish make sense. Establish that. Yeah. Like, like, how the fuck is Billy sequestered into this fucking estate in a way that he can't leave when he can fucking hold his own in a fight with a, with a vampire? If the vampire can easily sneak into the fucking compound, then Billy could have easily snuck out of the compound. And it's not like it would be that hard for him to figure out a way to get the fuck out of the country. Not that they established it very well, but it seems likely that his uncle, the congressman, is probably also part demon and may have personally stopped him. Maybe. Something like that. I don't know. There's a million ways. It's a weak fucking plot. It's, It's a plot hole for sure. Um, thank you for fingering it. You're welcome. Giggity. So someone's got to finger the plot holes around here. That's correct, and I <laughs> am uh, I'm slacking. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, that's okay. I'll make up for it in another episode or two. I promise. I'm sure. All right. I believe in you, Josh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so yeah, Lila just walks away. Yeah, and this is the point where I was like, yeah, it seems like Billy would have just wanted a male lawyer. Yeah. Hmm. But also, yes, after she shoots Billy and he falls to the ground after a couple of gunshots, my first thought is, yeah, that's what happens when non-authorized personnel hang out on a tarmac. But then it's just Lila. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, the security here is just terrible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of plot holes that needed to be fingered. Right. There's one. (laughs) Anyway, done with that scene. Fuck that noise. Back to the Hyperion. Wesley shoves his way through the broken door and spouts off his theory of just how stupid Fred is because she instinctively hides in dark places instead of running outside where she'd be safe, where she tried to go, but you blocked her, you piece of shit. Right? Whatever. So he thinks she's hiding in this armoire, (laughs) but he opens it and sees a mirror which shows her standing behind him on the other side of the room. And she seems, uh, he seems to have forgotten that she's basically Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. (laughs) I wrote down, I wrote down Home Alone trap. (laughs) And loves to make little booby trap gadgets. So she pulls this string, making a fire extinguisher swing into his face and knock him back into a hole in the floor. You know, the fire extinguisher was pretending to be a paint can. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd scarcely call that building something, as she called it. Right. She's like, I also like to build things. To be fair, though, like she pulls on a rope behind her. And so that she had to have rigged some sort of like pulley system. Right. Because the 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 fire extinguisher comes from the side Mm -hmm. of of Wesley, not from her directions. Right. It's not a super simple setup. It's slightly more elaborate than I probably would have done in that She did make quick work of it. Got to give her that. So I'd scarcely call it building something, but it was certainly an effective trap regardless. You know, if you're Wiley Coyote. (laughs) And so the fire extinguisher hits Wesley upside the fucking head. He flies back, falls through the floor to the the floor below. There's a tarp covering a big hole in the floor. Oh, it's not even necessarily... 
a hole in the floor as it's like weakened floor. So he falls through that. And to be fair, yeah, they couldn't establish why Billy was trapped in his mansion, but they could establish that the floor was weak enough by her accidentally sticking her foot through the floor at one point in time that this trap would be plausible. So, all right, whatever. Uh, So somebody was thinking about something anyway. Yeah, at least. So... That's that's it. That's the climax. Back to the training room in the Hyperion basement. Yep, with An- Cordy and Angel again. Yeah, Angel and Cordy are pontificating over why Billy's power didn't quite work on him. Quote of the day here, Cordy says, Huh, so I guess you could say that your demonness makes you less petty than humans. Almost noble. I mean, in a twisted, dark, and really disturbing kind of way. <laughs> Angel just stops a second and goes, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> And they have a nice little moment, and it's lovely. Cordy's getting used to being creeped out and comforted at the same time. Angel vibes with that. Yeah. I think I'd have to get to that mindset in this situation, too. Right. Then we cut to Wesley's place. And cue the beginning of Wesley beating himself up for a couple of seasons over this ordeal. Uh, It's this, This part, so what bothers me... Uh, twofold about this is um, this this actually makes me feel really really bad for Wesley it actually really gets to me because Fred knocks on Wesley Wesley's door he answers and she's being super nice and she's like hey I left messages for you we all really want you to come back to work and he's all how can I after what I did to you and um, she's like well that wasn't you it was something that was done to you he's like i don't know what kind of a man i am anymore and she's like you're a good man and i'm like yeah you're a good man wesley don't feel bad but also you know feel your feelings don't let anybody tell you otherwise and he agrees to come back to work and she leaves and uh, she hears him crying behind the door as she leaves and uh so it that's the first reason that it bothers it bothers me i can't really say bothers it 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 makes me feel the way that they wanted me to feel but it also why why don't we gurarg first yeah we can gurarg here so gurarg gurarg is this for me i must be ready i need my strength strength give me more nights i shall walk in here You've got something here. All right, Rex, ask me how I feel about this episode. How do you feel about this episode, Josh? Well, Rex, I didn't like it because the entirety of the episode was undermined by this last scene, which actually makes you feel really bad for Wesley. And I think it's a great sign of character on Wesley's part that he's internalizing it this way. But in reality, quote unquote reality, I agree with Fred that he is simply a victim of Billy's and part of being a victim is blaming yourself. But that being said, I think it's a bit problematic that an episode that's supposed to raise awareness for battered women and how scary men can be nevertheless leaves us with a man who just got done being a psychotic killer leaves him as our most sympathetic character because he feels real bad about it. Like... It makes sense when you're look when you're steeped in the story and completely textualized, but only take two steps back and it's really diminishing everything that this episode was trying to achieve. I don't disagree with you. Okay. But I have a lot of different feelings about the end of this episode than you do. Okay, go on. To to share 
to share context, we've talked some about you and I are both very neurodivergent. We have a plethora of our own issues. Sure. Something I haven't really talked in depth about is I have a mental disorder called IED, intermittent explosive disorder. It is an anger disorder. It leads me to have a visceral anger response that is disproportionate to the situation at hand. Okay. Now, when I was in high school, late late teens, early 20s, it was really bad. It was really difficult to control. It was the the term that is oftentimes thrown around in circles of people who have IED is essentially Hulk syndrome. It's blind rage that is uncontrollable by the person who's experiencing it. I still struggle with this. And there have been times, even recently, where I have episodes of extreme anger that should not be warranted under any circumstances. And one of the side effects of having these anger episodes is deep guilt after the fact. Mm -hmm. Now, I have been in control enough of my symptoms over you know, my 40 years of life that I have not actually physically attacked anybody in a very long time, way over 10 years. Mm-hmm. That being said, I have had bad episodes where I legitimately terrified my fiance to where while they understood what was happening to me and they understood that I was having a bad mental episode and I did nothing towards them, didn't yell at them, didn't attack them or anything like that. I did, however, break things in my vicinity, and it was terrifying for them to witness and be near. Having these episodes is extremely scary to witness. And this moment that Wesley is living with having had this thing that happened to him that was completely out of his control and tapped into this dark, deep nature that is within him, While it is the effect of the demon or not, this, I can relate so strongly to the emotions that Wesley is having here because I am, I live with this Mm -hmm. where I have this dark nature in me that causes me to be violent when I don't want to be violent. Mm -hmm. And it's terrifying. And the moment when Wesley breaks down crying behind the closed door cut so deep into me i don't care at all about the rest of the episode the episode i think was junk <laughs> but this moment just i i cannot give a clear-headed review of the episode because of how hard this visceral emotion hit me yeah i i'm not disagreeing <clears throat> with anything that you're saying either um and like i said i think uh this was one of one of the more touching moments of the episode between this and Cordelia's conversation with Lila. Those were frankly the only two conversations in the episode that mattered, that were well-written and they both work really well in a vacuum. Yeah. Those scenes by themselves were great, but um, all I'm saying, all I'm criticizing it for is that they they even technically work in context of the rest of the episode. Right. But it's... They don't work... The problem, I think, is the episode didn't have a cohesive fucking point. Yeah. And neither of these scenes, they don't work together to make a point. Mm-hmm. 
they make a point in and of themselves, but that point doesn't mesh with the entirety of the episode. Mm -hmm. So like, what the fuck is the point of the episode? Yeah. Are we trying to have some sort of solidarity with battered women? Are we, are we trying to make a rally call and, um, call to action for women to take action against their abusers, whether it be legal or take it into their own hands? Um, are we trying to sure are we trying to paint the picture of what it's like to live with a dark part of you that you might lose control to sometimes and like you know that's 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 a great point it would have been nice if the rest of the episode helped carry that point yeah or either of those points but the rest of the episode didn't carry out and i did i was wondering that throughout the episode i'm like huh i wonder if this is bringing out the worst in them or if it's just something billy's powers makes them do because it's his will not because it's their will yeah and that's hidden somehow i think one of the aspects that mostly makes sense to me is a lot of the language that billy himself uses and then in turn, the language that once these men are affected by Billy's power uses. when The language they use and the language he uses is so similar that I think this isn't so much a the power is channeling on Wesley's dark nature. I think it is Billy's dark nature is affecting and controlling Wesley. Yeah, I agree. That's what the context of the episode seems to show. Mm-hmm. Now... The visceral emotionality of the last scene with Wesley is him struggling with, is that my own nature? Mm -hmm. That is a great end to a different episode. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because that's not what happened. But also, I think the fact that Fred is the one who says, no, it wasn't you. Right. It was the demon. That leads me to believe that that's the writers telling us, no, guys, it wasn't him. It was the demon. Right. (laughs) So stop it. But also, I would posit that it doesn't matter if it was him or the demon because he's not just that part of him. Right. He's a complex being who's long since learned how to override that small ineffectual unnecessary part of him that is maybe vestigial within him and like i can i totally can get behind the the characterization of him struggling with coping with the reality that he did things yeah yeah regardless of whether it was him or not he still did those things and he's gonna carry guilt and i mean for fuck's sake that's the entire basis of angel as a character it is. He is not Angelus. He did not he did not choose to do the things that Angelus did. But Angel still feels bad for exactly. it. Exactly. And we're con- so yeah, they're just replaying that old gag. That actually kind of pisses me off. <laughs> I'm like, "All right, we've been why does this feel so familiar? I feel like we've had this conversation." Overall though, like ignoring that bit and the question of how that fits into it. The episode on a whole is just shit. Like the the fucking the plot of it was junk. It made no goddamn sense. Like what the fuck is the point of Billy? Like wh- what the fuck is the point of the the 
degree of bringing this character from a hell dimension and then this is the episode we get for it <laughs> like seriously this was a shit payoff i kind of wonder better fucking bring him back right yeah they better fucking bring him like there better be much bigger consequences to what the fuck happened with billy and bringing him from the hell dimension because this is the shittiest fucking payoff <laughs> this was a terrible episode for that kind of payoff i don't quite feel that viscerally about it but i'm not disagreeing i will say this i will say this the ending of this episode made it feel better about the content of this episode versus the previous buffy episode at there least, was a lot of skeevy this- uncomfortableness of the buffy episode uh-huh but it didn't pay off in any way and while there was a lot of that same discomfort little different but pretty much the same kind of discomfort for this episode it at least pertained to the plot in a way that mattered i guess yeah at least better than the buffy episode at least they didn't tease us with a better plot and then be like just kidding we're gonna go with the shitty plot halfway through yeah so yeah and from that perspective this episode didn't suck too bad (laughs) great i'm glad we had this conversation (laughs) do you have a quote of the day yeah, probably. All right. Yeah, quick and easy. I, I didn't write this one down, but I really enjoyed the moment where Angel's like, where where Dylan is like, are you a friend of Billy's? Angel says, actually, no, I'm, I think I'm going to kill him. And Dylan's like, all right, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really liked that. I, honestly, if they did not have that character and that interaction, yeah. I think that made a chunk of the episode work for me mm-hmm. like if that was not there it would have been just a fucking slog what's your quote of the day rex i mean honorable mention to the entirety of the scene with cordy and lila yeah but i think i have to say my favorite line in that scene was so you know me please i was you but with better shoes yes <laughs> that was the other one That I didn't write down that I was thinking of. Yes. Love it. Yeah. But also, like, Cordy needs more zingers. Cordy always needs more zingers. Yeah. And I like it when she gets to talk shit with the bad guys. Definitely. Lila's... Okay, she's definitely a bad guy. We're going to interview her. I swear. I hope so. That's going to happen. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, guys. This has been another episode of L with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on... You actually do forget to follow us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, do like us on Facebook. If you want to shop for any of our merchandise, we've got hoodies, mugs, and other stuff. Head on over to beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. And if you want to support us financially, but you don't want any clutter on your desk or in your closet, head on over to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Um, one of the best ways you can support us otherwise is to give us a iTunes review. And in fact, it's the best of both worlds because if you actually write out an iTunes review, that puts you in the running to win a free hoodie. Once we yes. get to 75 reviews, we're doing another hoodie drawing. Currently, we're, 
68. Currently, we're at 66. 66. And uh, if you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text us at 269-743-0783. Last but not least, I always need a good shout-out to JJ Treadway for all of our opening, closing, and transitional music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Keanu Speed, Rex. Reeves be with you. Whoa. done why are we watching this <laughs>